Welcome to another episode of Hoosology. I am Justin Goodrum, joined by Matt Thomas. What's up, man? What's up, Justin? Welcome back to Colorado. Uh, Man, I don't know about you. My adrenaline is still running high from game seven between the Nets and Bucks last night. I I got to watch the whole second half of that as well as overtime. And still, I, I can't believe KD missed that last shot. Mm-hmm. Just felt like that was going to go in, but uh, what an ending. What a yeah. great game. We'll get into that, of course, man. But how are you doing? I'm good, man. Um, and the, you know, the adrenaline is still spiking. I mean, right now at the game on and Philly's up by one as, as of this recording, uh, but about eight minutes to go. So, you know, what are, what are the odds to get two game sevens? That never happens. I mean, I mean, oftentimes, you know, it's kind of like the Super Bowl, like, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be like get off my lawn guy, but you know, kids these days are used to like dramatic Super Bowls and just like you know, down to the wire and it's exciting. Like you know, back in our day, Matt, the Super Bowls were boring. <laughs> you're, you're there to watch the halftime show. The game is a formality. I mean, Game Seven is kind of way that that way too. Like not really super exciting. So to get two Game Sevens, um, super competitive, um, it's it's pretty cool to see. And it's only the second round. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Definitely. So it's uh, kind of rare form right now for for these playoffs. Um, even with some big name teams out of the way, it seems like the action is getting better. So for sure, hope it continues. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, the housekeeping, real quick before you hop into it, uh, we are a member of the Off the Glass basketball network and you can check all of our archive shows through all our platforms wherever you listen to your podcast along with youtube as well uh, matt does a fantastic job of getting those video contents on that platform so check that out all right man let's get into it game seven um you can just smell the desperation <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks and um the brooklyn nets the bucks win in overtime um 115 111 um, the big thing in this series, of course, not in the series. Well, I guess so. Yeah. In the series, Kevin Durant, of course, a monster performance, um, just in terms of his overall stats, but also this game as well. Um, and let's just go to overtime. I mean, not overtime, excuse me, but in regulation, the fourth quarter, I watched this live, um, at a, uh, a restaurant. Um, uh, Julianne saw me act like a fool in there. <laughs> being so excited. <laughs> um, seeing Durant just hit this miraculous shot. But the bummer was that his foot was on the line. So instead of winning the game, he tied the game, ended up in overtime. And basically, as we mentioned off air, um, I think Durant, it refreshed my memory, Did he, was it a chance to tie the game or win it with that shot in overtime? Uh, I think he would have put the team up by one. Okay, They were down by two. I think he would have put the team up by one. It was kind of almost the same location, a little bit more to the left. Sure from where he took that shot at the end of regulation and this time sure. it was behind the three-point line it was it was well behind it so yeah, for sure. yeah he he would have put them ahead instead he misses and uh they get fouled i, yeah. I believe uh is either middleton or holiday yeah. gets fouled sure. to uh in the game on some free throws to ice it so Giannis had 40 points 13 rebounds five assists Durant, another monster game, 48 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Chris Middleton added 23 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Again, and the Milwaukee Bucks sending the Brooklyn Nets packing, 115-111. I'll just give my thoughts. This was a must-win series for the Milwaukee Bucks and Budenholzer. And I don't think yeah. Budenholzer's out of the woods yet. 
in my opinion, especially looking at this series. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks are down by two as we're recording this. So especially if the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, let's face it, there's a perception of them being a Cinderella team. So if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Bucks lose to them, I mean, I think Budenholzer still gets fired. I, I really do, even though they made the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, it, it's a situation in which the Bucks. We've been waiting for years with Giannis as them being a finals team and a championship contender team. It's built if the Hawks were to miraculously win for the, the Bucks to win the series. And I think it's disrespectful to Atlanta just to, to predict like a sweep or something. If they were to play the Hawks, I think that's disrespectful. But I think with the Bucks getting back to them beating the Brooklyn Nets, this was this was a must win. And quite honestly, I think they kind of got they kind of got lucky. I'm just, let's just keep it real. Yeah. I mean, let's just be frank. Kyrie Irving's hurt. James Harden's not himself. I, I hold nothing against James Harden. You know, I like the bash James Harden. James Harden gets a pass. He's hurt. He's just I, he's just not himself. And Durant did everything he could. He missed a shot at the end. What are you going to do? He had a miracle shot and 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 re- the end of regulation. And I, you know, we know we all know what happens in this series if they're healthy. The next, yeah. the next one. It's just, it's just, let's just keep it that simple. Mm-hmm. So to me, with the Bucks, they don't really impress me. Um, I think for a championship team, I expect better. And you know, I what's impressive for me with the Bucks is that they won on the road. That's impressive. That's a stressful yeah. environment. You know, the Barclays Center is bumping. I mean, certainly, you know, all the celebrities and the expectations of Brooklyn. I think for the Bucks to go in there in, in that environment, especially in overtime, that's impressive with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. But as a title contender team, I'm not impressed. Now, I kind of temper that. I'm, <laughs> I'll be honest, the, the teams that are left, I'm not impressed with them either. So who knows? It's a crapshoot. So it's it's kind of like, you know, even though they're not lighting my world on fire, can I – honestly say that they have no shot of winning the NBA finals? No, I think that's just kind of ridiculous. Um, at the same time, they didn't really truly imp- impress me um, in-, in game seven, other than them winning on the road. What were your thoughts on this on the series, Matt? You saw, again, the second half. Uh, what stood out to you? Yeah, both teams were exhausted for one thing. I mean, you saw several times that breaks in the action, fouls, timeouts, things like that. I mean, KD just hunched over, obviously sure. carrying the majority of the load for the Nets. But you also saw the same level of fatigue with Giannis, who's much younger than KD. So this is this was new territory for him too, and I think a new level of playoff intensity. I, I thought this is a game that KD gets all the props in the world for how he performed plain and simple he just lost his legs in overtime he he just did not he was missing mid-range jumpers before he missed that last shot at the end of overtime so you could tell the fatigue was really setting in on him and and the bucks just kind of survived in spite of the nets basically just running iso plays for kd at the end of the game there that then you know KD as as we said his legs were out from under him and and he couldn't really complete on those those finishes there, um, so I, I think it was it was a great game seven in that it was very dramatic it was also very sloppy but some of that was because of the pressure being so intensified I think we saw like Drew Holiday very very bad through three quarters and then kind of came alive in the fourth quarter and and really helped out towards the end of that game and and kind of uh made his his whole uh, acquisition 
worthwhile. You saw kind of the value that he had there uh, coming up with a, a clutch three-pointer towards the end of regulation to keep them there. So I think you're spot on about Coach Bud still potentially being in trouble with all of this. It's it's kind of like this Bucks team with the individual accolades. We've seen Giannis win Defensive Player of the Year. We've seen him win multiple MVPs now. This is kind of the last thing that he needs. And this was a resume builder for Giannis, specifically winning this game in Barclays Center. Even though it's round two, I still think it's relevant and significant because it was the Brooklyn Nets and this team that was favored to win the title, even as diminished as they were, as as you mentioned there. So I, I think this moment is huge for Giannis, even though it's not as impressive as you mentioned from our standpoint, like just kind of hanging on and surviving. It's still kind of getting over a roadblock in a way I wanted to ask you kind of your thoughts on this Nets team outlook for next year. I, I think, you know, we, and I want to talk about the Nets a little bit more, come back to a little bit more about this, but I, I want your thoughts on their outlook for next year. The team I always compare them to is, is that Miami heat super team, uh, even now. though there, <laughs> there are a yeah. lot of differences, certainly, okay. But we see that these super teams, like their rosters get diminished pretty quickly. You get guys on veteran minimum contracts that then maybe you won't have the next year. Like, for example, Blake Griffin. Um, you have, um, you know, several players that were instrumental for this Nets team, part of that because of injuries, but that may be moving on after this season to other teams. Like Spencer Dinwiddie, it was just announced earlier today, he is not going to accept his player option for $12.5 million. He's going to test free agency. You'd imagine okay. they wouldn't be able to bring him back. Okay. So uh, along with that, you have a team that's another year older that had these significant injury issues. James Harden has always been very durable, but KD and Kyrie have always been pretty injury prone or at least KD in, in more recent years has been. So I, I don't know. I think everyone talks about it as like a foregone conclusion that the Nets are going to be the one seed and march to the finals with a vengeance next year. But how likely do you see that being the case and what's next for the Nets in general? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. I mean, you're a huge LeBron fan. Um, <laughs> well, Back, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're that's right. true. Times have changed, certainly. You're right. right. And certainly in your heat days. So transport sure, yourself sure. into LeBron into what 2010. Yeah, yeah. Really, just the right. last two years. Not as big yeah. a fan, but you're you're absolutely right. So, correct me if I'm wrong. LeBron had a lot to do with player personnel, did he not, on those teams, or somewhat along with Pat Riley per se? Yeah, I think so, uh, especially. I would say like the last two years, he got a little bit more of a hold, like, for example, um, tweeting out that he likes Shabazz Napier. Sure. And then the Heat drafting him. Sure. Uh, he he had some more influence there. I think Pat Riley held the rein, reins pretty firmly. Sure. Which is why I think the Heat was a better structural setup. When, when he moved to Cleveland for the yes. second trip around there, it, it was like full control. Like, you want this coach we just got? gone okay he's gone lebron uh, that was full-on gm lebron I, I in my opinion yeah well to that point and with the heat specifically a little bit of lebron a lot of pat riley they knew with dwayne wade chris bosh and lebron they had to put pieces around them 
that are going to play with little to no money, right? And that, but they fit the system. And I think that's what Brooklyn is dealing with right now, right? Steve Nash is a first year coach. You, you don't have that stability of shaping a team like you do with Miami Heat. And I think that's what you saw in this series. And not to mention, I mean, with this starting lineup, they played very sparingly together. I mean, that's another that's another issue. So I think for the Brooklyn Nets, what they have to look for is kind of a Miami Heat approach, like you were saying, man, in terms of finding players that are going to play for that kind of veterans minimum, players that are hungry and they want to win, and that are pieces that are going to complement those three players. Now, I think with Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, it, it's fairly obvious the team was – flawed defensively even though what to ernie johnson's point inside the nba yesterday you know they did a better job of holding the milwaukee bucks they're they're pretty good offensively but nevertheless in a full season i think it is in my mind they need to find pieces that are going to complement those three when they're going to be hurt because there's obvious these three are not going to play an 82 game season and kevin durant is committed to the olympics which shocked me so He's not going to get that much rest. I mean, the Olympics start, I believe, in August. If I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm wrong in the comments, so mm-hmm. let's imagine no, just no rest. I mean, he gets what like a month, maybe, coming off like a huge injury. I mean, that is that is a lot. So, in my mind, for the Brooklyn Nets, I think their focus has to be a situation in which the players that they get, um, they can somewhat fill the roles if these players are not playing in a cohesive lineup. So, for instance, you know, your main Thursday night game and your main marquee Saturday night game, you would like to see all three of those guys out there. Um, kind of the other games where you're dealing with, like, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday, or like a back-to-back, you can kind of sit one, play the other two, worst comes to worst, sit two, play one, and your role players, you can win with them most nights so i think that's what their objectives has to be um i think the nets kind of over it i think the nets overachieved i somewhat i think with uh blake griffin i think he was a fantastic addition yeah. um, i think i mean kevin durant highlighted him in the post-game press conference so I, I don't know what his future is with that team but if they can kind of find a way to work keep keep him on there somehow um that would be nice i think blake griffin i think through his play probably enhanced his value. So I'm sure he's looking for more on the market. So I think overall for Brooklyn, I think like you said, Matt, I think their focus kind of got kind of find guys that are hungry that are not like big marquee names that can play around these three, but you're right. I think there are huge concerns. I think the Kyrie Irving thinks it's a massive question mark. I think, I don't know if this guy's in line to play basketball I think that's something in the summer he needs to discover. And that, that's something from like a human being standpoint. Like it just seems like he's unhappy out there and I just don't understand. He has enough money. I mean, just retire. And that's, that's not me knocking him. That's not me hating on him. I've had my own opinions on Kyrie, but it just seems separate from the injuries. It just seems like this guy has bigger issues on his mind besides dribbling a basketball on the court. Now he was so, taking frequent personal days. Yeah, he has, which yeah. I, which is nothing wrong with that. I, I just think committing to this team, there's just, there's gotta be just some kind of like thing of like, Hey, communication and just him being honest with himself. So I know I rambled on there, but I think with the nets, I think it's still possible for them to be their favorite. I like these three together. I think when they're on the court, they're 
awesome. And despite their defensive lack of defensive um, flaws, um, I do think they are a formidable force to win the NBA title. And this is my opinion. So overall address those weaknesses and address what happens with Kyrie. And I think they're still going to be the favorite. How about you, Matt? Yeah, and I, I think it's a more appealing situation than the Miami Heat because with sure. the Heat, those three played throughout the seasons, like their their first season together all the way it through is. their final fourth season. Those three guys were on the court taking up a lot of minutes. Uh, whereas with the Nets, you're right in that we only saw these guys play together, I believe it was 11 or 12 games where these three all played together. That was due to different circumstances, as everyone knows. Sometimes it was injuries, sometimes it was Kyrie taking a personal day, etc. But point being, that's probably appealing for a free agent and that you are going to get some runtime, as well as all three of these guys were great distributors during the season. So even more so than in that Miami heat setup, you're going to get the ball and you're going to be relied on to knock down some jumpers. So like if you had go back in a time machine and bring back a younger Ray Allen, you know, I think he fits in even better in a situation like this to like be the other Joe Harris on the roster um, or fill that role. I mean, look, just look how good of a season Joe Harris had, you know, just being that guy who could knock down three pointers with the hand in his face, but now he gets wide open three pointers uh, a lot of the time because of the attention that those big three draw on uh, the offensive end of the floor. So I, I think if they can stay healthy, it's their title to lose for sure. And I, I think even maybe so above the Lakers, depending on how LeBron is looking next year, you know, LeBron has been beating father time for the longest time, yes. but at some point he is going to slow down yeah. and the East is an easier pathway to the finals. So it is. Uh, even, even with the bucks, you know, getting that done, you're right in that, I'm with you. I I don't think they would have gotten this done had the Nets been healthy. I I don't even know if the game goes or if the series goes six games. Um, I I think you're spot on there with uh, your assessment on what the team needs as a basketball fan. And just looking at the league in general, you know, you'd imagine ratings would be down a little bit with KD out of the playoffs. <laughs> How are you feeling about the Nets being gone? Because I'll, I'll be honest, like I, you know, I, I was not a fan with how things started this year with right. Harden. Absolutely. Um, I, I do think it's unfair to your teammates to take a bunch of personal time the way Kyrie did. Although, I mean, obviously of course, nobody wishes ill on him or or at least I certainly don't. Um, So, you know, a controversial team, I think it's good for the narrative of of the league, like next year that it makes it more intriguing that they lost this year. So that may have a payoff next year when we get to the playoffs, kind of like how the heat lost to the Mavericks to go back to this, this analogy, the heat lose to the Mavericks in the finals, their first year. And then they become a little bit more human, a little bit more relatable. I think the nets get some of the same benefit now, but how are you feeling now with them out of the playoffs? Um, I think from a rating standpoint, I know like Cedric, you know, our friend Cedric um, pointed to the ratings being up. That is true. The ratings are up this year in the playoffs. Um, they're up 46% over last year's bubble round. Um, that was before the Nets lost, though. Yeah, so understood. We, we do have to see. Exactly. That's my point because there's a lot of excitement going into this year's playoffs. It's like LeBron, it's the Nets, um, just some other 
nice narratives going on. Um, even really the playing game with just that whole thing with the Warriors and Lakers. I mean, there's a lot of sex appeal going into the playoffs now. I mean, you can't tell me the Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. That's going to be a draw. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Even though that's exciting to us, like I'd be down to see I it. love it. But me yeah, I, I think you're right about the casual to fan. A, to a casual fan, I'm wondering how popular is Devin Booker? Let's just keep it real. I even know I think he's fantastic. And I think he's it's probably gonna be a coming out party if they go to the NBA finals. I think you'll see his the ratings might be like an all time low, but like his stock rise. I know it's an oxymoron, but I do think that that might happen. However, you know, we know what what draws in the NBA. It's sexier teams, you know. I mean, this is not the NFL where you can have like New England Patriots with Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like big markets work in the NBA. That's just how it works. Well, and Chris right Paul now, is your big draw, then Giannis, then Booker. It's Chris and then, Paul. Like, and then Middleton, who you know, casual fans don't know. <laughs> to, I mean, to your point. It's one on one right now, Atlanta, Philly. I mean, you gotta hope that Philly wins this and somehow philadelphia beats the bucks you have joel Embiid and ben simmons who has to whatever i whatever if i like it or not in terms of him being a superstar player he has this does have some cachet i mean from a adam silver perspective i mean you're you're crossing your fingers right now that the six that the philadelphia 76ers win this game because an atlanta hawks team and i i think trey young's fantastic i think he is but honestly, this might be a little bit overstating it. He has a, a lot of AI in him. Like, I kind of yeah, see. Yeah, he might as, be more fun to watch yeah, than, I, than Embiid. Yeah. But the thing is, Embiid has the commercials, right? Like, Embiid has the social media followers. Like, Trey Young is kind of for, like, people that watch basketball. This, you know, of course, the sexier player. But Embiid is, from a casual fan standpoint, he has, I think, more of that cachet. So, to your point that that's being eliminated, that's a huge blow. It is. And I think for the West with Kawhi, I mean, and I don't know, because it's I don't know Kawhi's that big of a draw. Yes and no. I say he is, but kind of on a minor side. And also he's suffering a massive injury. And I don't think Paul George is a draw. And I think looking at just game one of the Western Conference Finals, which we'll talk about in a, in a sec here. Um I think that the Suns are on track to to go to the finals. And I just think with Chris Paul, I get where you're saying, you know, he has a lot of that appeal too. I think it's going to be a low-rated NBA finals. I really do. And I, and what I don't like, and I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, is you hear Stephen A. Smith, he's like, oh, I want to go to South Beach. I want to go to South Beach in Miami. And that plays in a lot of people's minds because this might be, I don't know, I might be hurt some people's feelings, but some people are stupid. Let's just keep it real because they'll take what Stephen A. Smith says about him going to South Beach and equate it to the rest of the teams in the NBA are boring. So you're going to hear him say, oh, we got to go to Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, game one. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Like, dude, no one cares about you going to the club after game one of the, of the NBA finals. Like your yeah. job is to analyze the matchups, not about your, your nightlife. And so that right. does play into a narrative of like, okay, Milwaukee's boring. You know, Phoenix is boring. Who cares about the series? Instead of focusing what – it's not a battle of who has the best nightclubs, you know, in the NBA Finals. So that's just my concern is that you're going to hear like a sports talk narrative, a um, 
you know, first take narrative of just like, you know, these two teams just being boring as cities instead of just what's happening on the court. That's my concern. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. And I think if you're ESPN, you know, you're right. I'm, I'm sure someone will make a boneheaded comment like that. I mean, I, I could care less what they say about where they want to go or whatever. I, I think yeah. the narrative you're trying to build is this is arguably a, a guy who's in, he's certainly the greatest point guard of his generation. Um, yes. and, and this is his shot at a title that, that being Chris Paul. And then your other narrative is, uh, this is Giannis. Is he the next, you know, is he the next big star? I, I don't think you want to say like the next LeBron James, he's not LeBron, but no. is he the next big thing in the NBA? Is he the rising star? Here's his chance. First time he's been to finals. Can he start off one and oh in the finals, you know, and get fans excited that way. Um, and, you know, the markets are what they are. I, I hope people can appreciate it for the entertaining basketball that I think it I will be. So um, but to me personally, I mean, I I don't care that much if ratings are down a little bit, especially, like I said, I think there will be intrigue next year that's that's being built up right now in the Nets having lost. That makes them more interesting to me than if they had won it all this year. Um, and same thing with the Lakers, like does LeBron still have stuff in the tank? Can AD take over for the Lakers and, and kind of lead this team forward now? Can, can LeBron hand over the reins? So I, I think the, you know, next year you may get a bounce back of even higher ratings. Uh, but I think you're right. Like no matter what you have a mega star, a legend in KD out of the playoffs now, and that is going to cause some sort of a hit in the ratings. And plus like the New York market may be yeah. gone unless they want to tune into like For Philly. Sure. Like I'm excited and Nets are eliminated. I mean, I like me too. To me, <laughs> it's, it's a situation in which, I don't know. They, they didn't play together that much anyway. So it's like the villain narrative is like, you can't really hate them, but if they're together, they're going to dominate the rest of the team. So it's just the emotional attachment. is not there. And to me, there's other stories. I mean, right now it looks like, it looks like the Atlanta Hawks are going to win game seven. They're at wow. 98, 94. Um, it's about 34 seconds left, which is, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but doc rivers. Uh Oh <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Angel LMB too, from a, um, and Ben Simmons, I think from a kind of, reputation standpoint but um if you look at trey young and just like you know devin booker trey young like the next ascending stars in the league and we're not even talking about zion or luca yet i mean just imagine we're seeing a new nba possibly in the nba finals that's exciting to me because yeah. you know people is this it's just so funny with people like i don't want to get on a rant but people always complain about all oh, the warriors every time the warriors are in the finals or every time lebron is in the finals and then you get your wish new stars exciting stars and you don't watch like what do you want yeah <laughs> i don't understand yep. like, I, don't, I don't understand what's what's gonna please you like and, it, and we'll we'll see in a scenario i hope i'm wrong i hope the ratings are up i think that'd be awesome I, I would love to come on here and say I'm completely wrong. Ratings are sky high. People love Trey Young and people love Devin Booker and their jerseys are selling through the roof. I would love to say that, but I just don't believe it. Um, it's based on how fickle people are. And it's just, it sucks that, you know, people talk on two sides of their mouths. But nevertheless, I'm, I'm excited just to see some new blood, you know, and it's exciting to me because we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that's what yep. makes it fun to watch. So Yeah, we're seeing a new legacy being yeah. carved out really. right now. Yeah. The ratings were so terrible last year in the finals. It's it's hard for me to imagine that it could be 
lower than last year. Like I, I think if the ratings were on par with last year's finals, that would be a disaster. Yeah. So they may do they a could. little better than last year. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. We, we have to we'll see as well, but I, I can see it with the, with the markets. I mean, it's it's quite possible. And last year had LeBron <laughs> and Anthony Davis, so and he had. And to me, I think the NBA did a poor job of telling the Cinderella story of the Miami Heat. I don't think that was played up as much, but we'll mm-hmm. have to wait and see there. Um, it, it's up to you, Matt. Did, did you have any other thoughts about this series? And um, and I want to get your because right now it's seventeen seconds. And it looks like the Hawks are going to win, so we can either talk about the Suns or just preview the Eastern Conference Finals. What, what do you think? Let, let's look at the Suns Clippers. Cool. I, I think that'll be pretty quick, and then we okay. can we yeah, can go totally. back. Okay. Uh, so, Suns and Clippers they played today, game one. The Suns get the win. The Clippers had a quick turnaround from their. Uh, Game seven victory over the Jazz. I'm sorry, game six victory over the Jazz. So they didn't really get much rest time, just right right back into it. Um, and honestly, I'll just kind of give you, I, I have Suns winning this series in six. I was kind of waffling about this yesterday until I saw that Kawhi Leonard was not traveling to Phoenix with the team, meaning almost certainly he's going to miss both game one and game two. Uh, I did think the Clippers had a real shot in this series uh, if he was going to be around. But with him being out for those first two games, Suns already got the first one. If if they get game two, I just don't think the Clippers have enough in the tank to be able to come back. And then even if Kawhi does come back, what condition is he going to be in? We know Chris Paul, for those of you that don't know, he is out because apparently he caught COVID, but uh, he tested positive for COVID. Uh, But in any case, he's out for health and safety protocols. But when he comes back, we know he's going to be pretty healthy, maybe not 100% since he started the playoffs a little banged up, but I'd I'd imagine he'd be close to it. Kawhi, when he comes back, is he going to be 70%? What what is he going to have that knee injury um, that comes back to haunt him from time to time is back? So I think the Suns are rested. They have all the momentum. They have Suns in four guy uh, who was at the game today. <laughs> he is like in, a superstar now. Oh, he boy. is. He is. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got Suns in six. How do you see this series playing out? It's tough because I think with Chris Paul, we just don't know. And, and it's, t- it's tough that the, the COVID stuff is a massive intangible. I would say Chris Paul's coming back. I like the Suns in six, but I could see it going seven if Chris Paul's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just it's it's just a big what if. There's uh, a lot of things we don't know. Like yeah, what, what point in time does Chris Paul come back in game three yeah. or is it game four? Same question for Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, like if Kawhi comes back way earlier than Chris Paul, like two games earlier than Chris Paul, I could see that playing out to seven games. Agreed. Yeah, I. It, it's just a thing where Chris Paul is such a huge part of that team, and you saw Devin Booker in game one. He said himself he had to beat Chris Paul, but can he do that for, you know, can he win four games like that? I don't know. Um, and that's such a massive responsibility for him in this role for the first time. It's different. 
I mean, he might as well just be a rookie in, in some ways, um, even though he is a veteran in the league now. Um, you saw his performance, his first ever career triple-double, um, 40 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. I mean, that's a monster game. Can he keep that up for the majority? I don't, I don't know. Um, and that's I'll tell he, you, I trust him more than I trust Paul George. Who's oh, on the enough. other side? It's true. It's true. <laughs> fair enough. That's a good point. And I mean, that's probably why we're picking the Suns at six. So, I think overall, and again, it, it kind of sucks with the Clippers because I, I feel like they've gotten so many passes. And then again, this is kind of going to be another pass they're going to get just because Kawhi Leonard got hurt. <laughs> so you know, we'll see. We'll, ultimately, we'll see what Paul George is made out of, right? Like, is, is Paul George like a superstar in this league or not? And, you know, people were like, get, I don't know, there's some people that are saying, hey, let up on Paul George with the bubble. Everything's going on with the pandemic and being away. But the circumstances are way different now. This, this is this is your team. Are you a superstar or not? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You, you only can't get, get so much leeway. Yeah. You do. One thousand percent. And I, I personally think this is like his last chance. If he just plays crummy in this series. I, I don't I don't want to hear Paul George in like even like elite player in this league in a same sentence. Yeah, he was uh he was pretty good today, but kind of vanished late in the game. Oh. Late in the game, it was kind of like Rondo taking over. Mm. And actually Rondo brought the game to uh within five points. Rondo's uh-huh. clutch at well, the end playoff there. Rondo, yeah. Playoff Rondo, and then you had like Reggie Jackson taking a lot of shots too, which can be very hit or miss. Uh, I mean, it was it was good versus the Mavericks in Game Seven, but wasn't good tonight. So, um, yeah, I think I think the Suns are just deeper right now, and and again, I think they're riding high on that momentum. And the Clippers, you know, their their psyche may still be messed up from the bubble last year, and now with Kawhi being out, that's a little bit deflating. You'd have to imagine in that locker room. I mean, there's, there's your leader. Yeah. He's, he's a pretty quiet leader, but he is the most talented player on this team. And you might, you might not even see him make it in for the series, depending on what happens with that knee. We don't know. I mean, I, I I would bet he does make an appearance, but Mm -hmm. we just don't know at this point. So you've got sons and six as well. It sounds like we're boring, but we agree. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, you know, we, we kind of both said at, at the end of last year, after seeing the bubble playoffs, that we're not going to put much faith in the Clippers. We did put faith in them over the Jazz. Both you and I picked the Clippers in six. That happened against the Jazz. But, yeah, I mean, this this is the point in time where they are faced with a really deep and determined opponent. I mean, it's, it seems like Devin Booker it has – that killer instinct in him right now, at, at least looking in game one, looking at that series against Denver. I, I think the Suns are poised to do big things. Do you want to uh, quickly talk about the East? Yeah, now that please. we can confirm yeah. that uh, the Hawks have yep. defeated the Sixers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy. Yeah. I, I was not Insane. projecting this. I, I thought the Sixers, I, I think you and I both picked Sixers in five games. What and, do we know? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what, do, what we know? do we know? Hey, we were right about the Clippers, okay? <laughs> we, we got some of this correct. <laughs> um, so I guess first thing, point blank, that, uh, that I'll ask you, is this the end of the Simmons and Bede era? It should be. I don't I – don't, I, I, I respect Steve – I might be going at Stephen A. Smith a lot in this episode, but <laughs> – 
I don't if Stephen A. Smith compares Ben Simmons to LeBron one more time, he, he should never. You know, he he always condemns Max Kellerman. Oh, Max Kellerman, you should never talk basketball. Don't ever talk basketball again. <laughs> he had he had five he had five points. He had five points. He had Oof. five points, and he had thirteen assists. He had thirteen assists and eight rebounds. He had five points. He's not Draymond Green. He had five points. He needs a new. He needs a change of scenery. I, I, he can and he can shoot. I don't understand how he can be an elite player in this league and have five points in a game seven. That is baffling to me. And I want to take a look at his shots too. Let me see. Give me one sec. He took four shots. He took four shots. He took four shots. Yes. <laughs> he took four shots. I don't understand. Can anybody help me how he takes four shots and he's an elite player in this league? It's the, I get, get I, I I am totally understanding of players that have a bad shooting night, several bad shooting nights. It happens. If you take like if you go two for whatever, I, at least you're aggressive. You're going to the line. You're trying to win four shots. That is baffling to me. So I think it's over. I don't personally to me. Ben Simmons is a defensive stopper. That's it. I don't understand how he's good offensively. And no one, we have, how many people, Matt, have we interviewed that have deep knowledge of the 76ers? And, and how many times have we asked the Ben Simmons question? And they don't know. <laughs> like, no one's defended him. Trip me from wrong, right? No, no one's defended this guy to us as like an elite player. And it's like, hey, guys, you're wrong. You're going to see him blow up an elite player. He's, he's in the gym, he's, he's up to something. Nothing. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. series is indicative of that, and to me, yeah, this this team needs a fundamental, like a, a total rehaul. I think the the process has failed. I think this is a horrible loss. This is going to look bad on Joel Embiid, who I like personally. Um, he had thirty one points in this game, um, but yeah, this this is bad. <laughs> this is bad, but. I think for the Atlanta Hawks, what a uh, rise for Trey Young. And really, I mean, his stat line doesn't look that great. I mean, it, it's an impressive game. I mean, he had double-double, 21 points, 10 assists. But um, compared to his other scoring um, outbursts, um, and I think, let me take a look here. Well, I think he, he was one for 11 with nine points at halftime. So he, he really struggled with his shot. But you see how aggressive he is, right, Matt? Right. He's five for 23, but he's aggressive. And you saw him just watching the game here. He was like chip going at the other guys here. He wants to win. Right. That's the difference. Like, yep. I don't, it's a, it's a he's not going to stop shooting. No, that, that, and to me, I don't understand this whole thing with him and LeBron. It never made any sense. I, I don't, it, I, I don't understand. And it, to me, this is a situation where they have to trade him or do something. I don't know. I mean, you, you know, more of these salary cap, um, the finances than I do, but whatever they have to do to get rid of Ben Simmons, they have to, he can't be on this team. I mean, you pick one or the other. It's, it's a pretty easy choice. You get rid of Ben Simmons. You're right. It, and it's, it's a situation that's also, I think mutually beneficial because I, I think where Ben Simmons would shine more is if he didn't have a center clogging up the lane potentially like Joel Embiid does at times. Like these guys work against each other in some of the things that they do best. 
Like Ben Simmons, his offensive value is running the fast break, run, run, run. And he he's an excellent passer, excellent playmaker, but you're right in that he doesn't. So he has, he has elite skills, but I would agree with you. He's not an elite level player because you can't be an elite level player in this league. If you are a zero, a bagel on shooting. So even if he had a mid range shot, he's much more valuable. He, we know he doesn't have that. He can finish around the rim, but in the playoffs year after year, when things tighten up, you don't get as many fast break opportunities. You don't get as many chances like that. So I I would be curious to see, like, I, I would need to, you know, of course go into like a trade machine. One of the things I've seen floated is what if you could do like Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum, like shake things up in Portland where they need to shake up make that trade immediately. and get an outside shooter for Joel Embiid. Like if, if you could do that, I don't know if you do that if you're Portland, but if you're the yeah. Sixers and you can in do that, I would do it. If they're stupid um, enough to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think Simmons, you know, should be on a team where he can, he can kind of run the offense a little bit more and he can kind of go inside and maybe his ultimate destiny is not to be a starter in the league. Maybe he is Agreed. a special circumstance like lockdown defender yes. or just a guy who is going to be uh, like kind of like a Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I, I don't mean to insult or anything like that, but just a, a wing defensive specialist. My MKG, he never developed a jump shot really in, in the league and was just kind of a wing defender. You know, that, that would be a shame. I do think Ben Simmons has a lot more offensive skills than uh, MKG does, but in today's modern league, yeah, if you're not knocking down three-pointers or at least a threat that the, that the defense has to take into consideration, very difficult to do, especially when your next star is a center. So I, I'm with you that uh, – yeah, they need to do something in Philly. And I also think Daryl Morey is not someone who sits around. He's always been aggressive in off seasons, at least in his time in Houston, he was. So I, I do think something happens and one of these players is moved. I, I don't think you move Embiid as he was an MVP candidate That'd this year. Uh, uh, so I think you're right. I think Simmons gets moved. The question is, what is his trade value at this point? Do you have a team, maybe like the Timberwolves that are desperate to get a player and shake things up like that? Like, can you run him with Cat? Uh, I don't know, because you also have Anthony Edwards there. So maybe that's that's a bad idea right there. But you need a team who's desperate and can maybe part with an outside shooter uh, to put around Joel Embiid. So thoughts on Hawks versus Bucks? How do you see this playing out? Do yeah. the Hawks have a puncher's chance? Um, I think they do. Certainly, this is this is kind of reminiscent to 2001. Um, and I had to kind of do some research regarding the, the Sixers and how they went to the finals a little bit. This kind of has that feel of just, mm. you know, one guy just like he's just not going to be denied. And I think him and Booker, just imagine, and again, you talk about ratings failure. This would be a ratings failure. The Hawks and Suns <laughs> in, in the finals. But I that, that's what I'm rooting for is to see Trey Young versus Devin Booker. I mean, holy, mm. what a war. Um, Gosh, what just, a playoff debut that would be for uh, for Trey Young. Agreed. I think from a matchup standpoint, I think the Bucks. this is a bad matchup for the Atlanta Hawks. However, I agree. 
the heart of, of this Hoxie team. You can't deny it. And the Bucks have shown games where they, they just blow this leads. And they, they, just, they, do, they have bad performances um, inexplicably. I like the Bucks in six games. We'll see. Yeah, we're we're gonna be boring here because I also have the Bucks in six written out. And honestly, I was gonna pick that regardless of whether the Sixers or the uh the Hawks won. Uh but I have I think their three-pronged attack is gonna be pretty effective on the offensive end. I, I don't have faith that the Hawks can slow down Giannis. Like, I, I don't think John Collins can slow him down. I don't think so either. Th- this Hawks team is deep, but they're not defensively elite the way. And they are defensively weaker than the Bucks are, where you have Drew Holiday that you're going to tell him, you know, just like he was, he was going to bother James Harden, you're going to put him on Trey Young and just say, you know, lock this guy down, bother Trey Young, make him take bad shots. Sure, Trey Young's going to hit some of those bad shots, but you're just going to wear him, wear him down. Should be the game plan anyway. Uh, and then you still, even if Holiday is expending most of his energy on the defensive end, Middleton has been a good second option for the Bucks throughout yes. the playoffs and and throughout this season. Whereas your second option in Atlanta is John Collins. So I, I just think like if you stack these players like. Who are the best three players? You've got Giannis, number one, I think you have to say. Then Trey Young. Then it's Middleton. Then it's Drew Holiday. And then maybe John Collins from the Hawks. Maybe Bogdanovich, depending on if he's he's feeling it or not. But I, I just think if you're just looking at the pace of the game and the numbers, and also that I I would side with the Bucks having a better defense, I just think I they're going to outpace Atlanta on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think your analysis is spot on. I don't have too much to add to that. Um, I, I just have one, one more thing about the 76ers. I'm sorry. Just yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Let's do this. it. Um, you mentioned Ben Simmons going to another team. Um, do you think we'll see his game really be unlocked offensively? I just don't believe it. I think he has the ability, which is I don't understand. He's not – I seen him go to the the rim with like violent ferocity and his shot looks fine, but it's the way he performs offensive. I don't think, I don't see things changing. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't, there's something happening with his offensive game that we're not seeing. He's like, an enigma, this, man. I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I, to me, it, it is, it's baff. He's one of the most baffling things in sports, not only with his performances, but with how people still hold him in like high regard. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> just, I don't, well, it, you look at like yeah. the intangibles, like his size, yeah. his handle, his speed on the court, his defense. I mean, there's, there's all these things that check the boxes, but then it's, it's the mental side. And yes. I, I think that's, what's so challenging. Maybe. And so I, I think, his future success is entirely predicated on can he get confidence? This is a huge thing. Like if, if he gets confidence, you know, we've heard these, they almost sound like mythical tales. Like, Oh, Ben Simmons can hit threes. Like, like we had Casey yeah. Kiernan on the show, yeah. AM hoops, go check him out on YouTube. He, he was saying like Ben Simmons was knocking down every shot in shooting practice when, when he went and saw him, 
but it's a confidence thing that he doesn't do it in game. Well, you got to do it in game at some point. So, it, yeah. you know, if he were to take the reins like on the, my Houston Rockets, like if, you know, Daryl Morey, those past connections work and they make some kind of deal and Ben yeah. Simmons is running the Rockets, there's there's no names on the Rockets really other than Christian Wood. Yeah. Like, can can they run that together? Can Ben Simmons score 20 points a game. I have, I don't know. I I have to say no at this point because we've seen so many years where he hasn't been able to get that confidence and he hasn't been able to show signs of that. So I don't know. It's, it's frustrating because you want to see like another super talent in this league. And I think also it'd, it'd be cool to see the Sixers doing well again, like this, this is pretty frustrating to see Embiid knocked out of the playoffs early again, like in, in round two, um, and I, I don't think Doc takes the fall this time around, even though he's had a spotty record in the playoffs, other than that 08 Celtics championship. But uh, I, I think this year it's Simmons and the roster mix up now that you have like a full off season with Daryl Morey there. But, yeah. you know, next season, if if they underperform again, I, I do wonder if Doc goes on the hot seat. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think Ben Simmons, he reminds me of the MMA fighter who's he's really good in the gym, but you know, in the cage just can't get it done. So yeah. we'll see. We'll analogy. see what happens. Um, anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? No, man. Um so we have the Suns Clippers yeah. <laughs> in the West. I, yep. I just want to say this out loud <clears throat> yeah. to emphasize how weird this is. Suns Clippers in the West. Neither of us would have picked that. At no, the beginning no. of the year, no, no. maybe like Nuggets Clippers, we would have yeah. picked. But, well, I don't know because the Lakers were such favorites. And then in the East, we have the Hawks. No one had who that. I I think I had them as maybe like the eight or nine seed. I don't know. It's going to take me. I, uh, I had I had the Hawks as the eight seed <sighs> in my predictions. Um, so the Hawks as the five seed and the Bucks. Um, our our Eastern Conference finalists. Uh, th- this is crazy. You know, I we'll see what it does to the ratings. But as a basketball fan, looking it's forward fun. to the next generation. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, we're gonna see some new stars be built here for sure. Um, thanks, Matt, for joining me as always. Thank you. We are a member of the off the glass podcast network or excuse me basketball network check out all their shows great perspectives they're doing awesome analysis um not only and the teams have been knocked out but the basically the playoffs are happening right now so please go check that out uh, otgbasketball.com yep, to check that's them right out. uh we're available on social media and email hoopsologypod at gmail.com Catch all of our past guests through all of our platforms, as I mentioned earlier. And to stay tuned this week, we'll have uh, plenty of coverage with this just um, really unpredictable playoffs um, that's happening with the Western Eastern Conference Finals. So for Matt Thomas, I am Justin Goodrum. I will see you next time. Peace.